Ever been in a situation where you're getting nickel and dimed to death? That is happening to me right now. So I have money coming out of every orifice. I'm, I'm getting killed. All these expenses. Um, we're building a house and we're picking out appliances for the new house. Interestingly enough, right here in Myrtle Beach, in sort of the bad section of town, there's a place called Ferguson, which I guess is appliances. I've never been in this place. It's weird because it's a terrible section of town. And you go inside and they have all these super fancy appliances like Sub-Zero Fridge and Wolf Stove and all this stuff. And it's I, it's weird. So we went in this place. We picked out appliances. And it's $34,000 for the appliances. Now, I don't have to pay for these right now. These are part of the construction loan. But still, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. So on top of this, our air conditioner went on the fritz, which it only does in the summer, obviously. You know, so summer in South Carolina, the air conditioning goes out. It sucks. It's hot. Uh, we have a two-story house. Um, we have air conditioning on the ground floor. The one upstairs crapped out. That's where the master bedroom is. And that costs 450 bucks. Then what else? Then I had to get the oil changed on my car. And I don't know anything about cars. You know, I mean, this this could be the biggest scam of all time I would ever know. They're like, you need an air filter. I don't know if you've ever had this experience where you go to get your oil changed and they say, sir, come over here for a second. And they show you this air filter and they have it has like leaves in it. Right. And I'm like, you just put that in there. You just put the leaves in there. It wasn't in there. It's insane. So they said I needed an air filter and an alternator belt and some other stuff, windshield wiper blades. And I'm like, just okay, whatever. I have, I don't know anything about cars. And, and the, the windshield wipers were truthfully getting worn out. So I'm just like, all right, just pay for it. So 400 bucks. And as I mentioned before, I had to take Wendy to the vet, and that was seventeen hundred bucks. So I'm just getting hit with stuff left and right. So I'm like, "What's next? What's happening next?" Every time I turn around, I'm spending money. So I suspect that most people have been in this situation before, where the bills are just piling up and it's just getting worse. And for me, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's I have money, like it's fine. It's just super annoying in this particular moment when we're paying for the house. I really don't want to be getting hit with all these bills. So it's annoying and it stresses me out. So now some people, if their AC goes tits up, it's a real problem, you know, because maybe they don't have the money. Which kind of gets into what we have talked about a million times before, which is emergency funds. So if you have an emergency fund of six months of expenses or $10,000, then that should cover this stuff. And if you add up all the stuff that I've been hit with just in the last week, it's 2500 bucks. So if I had a $10,000 emergency fund, it's no problem, right? So easy. But it doesn't mean it's not annoying. It's still annoying. Like, I still have to come up with the money. Like, ultimately, like, I still have to replace, you know, so... It's, I mean, if you had $10,000 in emergency funds and you spent 2,500 bucks, you still have to come up with 2,500 bucks to put back in your emergency fund. So it's still annoying, sucks. And this is just the beginning. I know I'm going to, I'm going to get hit with stuff all over the place. I just for once 
you know, I want my credit card bill to be like 500 bucks for a month. Just like a couple of lunches here and there, get something at the store, Target, grocery store, whatever. I want a $500 credit card bill. And I keep getting hit with this stuff. So, um, you know, we're applying for a construction loan for this house. And the closing costs on the construction loan are $34,000 in the closing costs. So we looked in the itemized list of the closing costs, and we don't really have control over this type of stuff. So um, 18000 of it is homeowner's insurance, which we have to prepay. So I emailed the bank deck, and I was like, why do we have to get homeowner's insurance? We don't have a house. And he said, yes, you do. You need to get it for the period of time that they're building a house. You need to insure what they're building. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> How can you have homeowner's insurance on something that hasn't been built yet? Isn't there like a different kind of insurance for like a house that's under construction? It's maybe a little bit less, you know, like $9,000 because it's just going to be wood. So, and we already have insurance on the land. We had to get insurance. I actually don't even remember how much the land insurance costs, but we had to get insurance because what if somebody's walking on their land and they trip over a branch and take a dirt nap and then we get sued. And so we have insurance on the land. So all I can say, this is like my takeaway here is that you get older, you make more money, your life gets more complicated. It just does. And there's no stopping it. And you know, what's funny is I was talking to my wife, um, earlier this week and she was telling me about a project that she was on out in Oregon. She's an archeologist and she was like out in the woods. And she said there was a guy that was a hermit living out in the woods. And he just, I don't know what he did for food. I don't know if he foraged or if he like hitched a ride to the store, but he just lived in the woods and he was a hermit. Sounds pretty fucking awesome. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm just going to be a hermit and live in the woods. Oh my God. So, and business is slow, you know, it is, it's, uh, you know, it's really slowed down like around Memorial Day and everybody went on vacation and they're all on vacation and it's so, but I'm an optimist, you know, as I said in my 10th man newsletter recently, I'm an optimist and I believe that bigger and better things are going to happen. I believe that my business is going to be twice as big, like three years from now. Totally believe that, you know, just got to put in the work. You got to put in the time, which I do, you know. And you've heard me say this before. I don't know if it was on the podcast or my Substack or something, but I said, you want to bet big on yourself. And you have to keep this stuff in perspective because the little stuff is really the little stuff. Like 450 bucks for the AC is not, it's really not a big deal. Like 450 bucks is small stuff. And 400 bucks for the car is small stuff. And even the cat, 1700 bucks is small stuff. You know, that's all small stuff. Big stuff is a BMW, right? Like I said, I said, this is like 10 podcasts ago. I said, oh, I think I'm going to start looking at BMWs. Not a chance. No. Like, because that's $80,000 and that's not small stuff. You know, that would be insane to do that right now. So I have my shitbox car, the Toyota Highlander, and I'm just going to drive it until I get 150,000 miles and then I'll decide what to do next. But not getting the BMW right now. That's big stuff. The small stuff is the small stuff. 
some people, you know, they get tied on expenses and then they start doing irrational things. They're, they go to Chipotle and they're like, well, I'm not getting the queso because it's an extra two dollars. You know, you know what? The two dollars doesn't doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It really doesn't matter. You can have the queso. It's OK. Can't have the BMW, you know. Um, so don't sweat the small stuff. Part two of this podcast is about having your ass in a sling. And everybody has their ass in a sling right now with the markets. That's what I mean. Uh, stock market is terrible. Everything's terrible. Everything sucks. Actually, I got that email today. There was a guy that emailed me from a hedge fund. He just said he just says in the email, everything sucks. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it does. And that's the thing with like bear markets. Because a lot of people, like if you're sort of on the outside and you look at this and the chart of the stock market goes up. And you're like, okay, you just got to be long stocks. And it goes down. You're like, okay, it just got to be short stocks. But it's really not that simple. Because in bear markets, like everything doesn't work. Like stuff doesn't work. Whether it's bonds or gold or corporate credit or like stuff just gets weird and it doesn't work. It's not just so easy to be short. You know, it's really, it's more complicated than that. Here's my thesis. Number one. I think inflation is peaked 8.6% on CPI. I think that's the high. I'll say it on this podcast. I'll timestamp myself. I think that's the high, maybe eight, seven, eight, eight. I don't think it goes over nine, but I really think inflation has peaked or is peaking. Number two, we are headed towards a recession. I have heard so much anecdotal information in the last few weeks about people's businesses slowing down and stuff like that and layoffs. Like it's happening. Like it's happening. I don't know if you noticed, but jobless claims are trending up. And jobless claims are the only data series that are not subject to revisions. I mean, it's just really what you see is what you get. It's a pure data series. So, and number three, I think as a result of this, you should be long treasury bonds. That's the trade, and it's not working. It's not working. And I'm getting my shit pushed in on this trade. But actually, I am, um, believe it or not, I am more confident on it than I was last week and the week before. And one of the, I actually tweeted this recently. Actually, as a trade moves against me, I get more confident. And as the trade moves in my favor, I get less confident. Most people are the other way around. Most people, as a trade moves in their favor, they get more and more confident. And if they start losing money, they get less confident. But it's tough to be more confident when you're experiencing losses because the market is telling you that you're wrong. The market is bigger than you and the market is always right. So I think I can just hang on for a little longer, which is delusional. So I have been in this situation many times in my trading career when my ass is in a sling. And some people are very disciplined. They, they start getting losses and they immediately stop themselves out. And I tend to have more confidence in my thesis and I am willing to see this thing through. So, and you should not do what I do. You should not be stubborn as a trader and I'm getting stubborn. There is that saying that you should have strong views weekly held. Sometimes your entry point is not so good and you need a little wiggle room to give the trade time to work. And trading is one of the mentally, it's one of the toughest things that you can do. It's tough to stick to your guns when you're bleeding money. And, you know, it's funny because every sometimes I get stuff wrong. Usually when I get stuff wrong, it's just in single stocks. I'm not I'm not a great stock trader, as I've said before. But when it comes to the macro stuff, most of the time I get it right. You know, I really do. Uh, 
So this is uncomfortable, but it'll pass. It is temporary. And a lot of people forget that. You know, everything sucks right now, but it is temporary. We will have a bull market again someday. Maybe three months from now, six months, 12 months, who knows, but it'll happen. I mean, we've already been, we've been in this bear market for like 16 months, which is the average duration of a bear market. Stan Druckenmiller was saying the other day that he thinks it's, we got more downside. Yeah, it could be true. Could be true. Maybe I'm just an idiot for being an optimist in a bear market and being a pessimist in a bull market. Anyway, I am flying to Baltimore in a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to hit stop on this thing, and then I'm going to go get on a plane. I am going to visit my wife's grandfather, who is having a birthday party. He is turning 100 years old. Just to give you an idea of how old this guy is. When he was a Boy Scout, when he was younger, he was at the 75th anniversary of the Battle of Gettysburg, and FDR spoke. And it was his job as a Boy Scout to escort the Civil War veterans. He's so old that he talked to Civil War veterans. There's pictures of it. There's pictures of him with like a guy in a wheelchair and this Civil War veteran has this big ZZ Top beard. It's insane. And I'm telling you, he's going to have another birthday in 10 years. He's going to be 110 because he's an optimist, among other things. He's just an incredible human being. Very dignified guy, very classy guy, you know. So thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you next time.